Hello, and welcome to another episode of From the Beginning here on Heavenward Thinking. Today, we're in Genesis chapter 3. So I'm going to read the chapter, and we'll get right into our topic. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So we have in here, in Genesis chapter 3, a total transition from the first two chapters where we had God made everything, he made the whole universe, made the world, made everything perfect, and we had this awesome relationship between God and human beings, and human beings and animals, and we had this whole beautiful perfect creation. Here in chapter 3, we see that things seem to go wrong very quickly, and we're going to look into that. So in the first few verses, we have the serpent introduced into the story. And we have the first temptation in the Garden of Eden. We have Eve and the serpent talking back and forth. And Eve starts to question what God says and starts to question God's purpose for telling her and Adam not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the enemy is very crafty. He takes a little hint of did God really say. He starts to undermine the authority of God. And that's going to be something that we come back to again and again as we go throughout this program from the beginning. When we see that God's word starts to be undermined and his authority starts to be undermined and we start to put our own authority and our own words above God's word, that's where we get off track. That's where we have lots of problems. And that's where we got off track from the very beginning of time 
is the first sin came from man wanting to elevate themselves above God, take the place of God, and supersede God's authority. They didn't want to be under God's authority. They didn't want to listen to him and his words. They decided that they would do their own thing and put their own words and their own authority above God. And that's how the devil got us to sin in the beginning. That was a temptation. And that we see in our own world now. Currently, we see so many uh, so many avenues where Christians are being tempted every day to undermine the authority of God. Did God really say this? Does scripture really say that? And that's why we're coming back and starting from the beginning and seeing how can we live a righteous life? How can we live according to God's word? And we have to stick to God's word. That's how what we see first. We have to stand on God's word firmly in the midst of temptation. When we're tempted by things in life, what does God's word say? When we see how Jesus answered in a totally different way when he was tempted by the devil, he answered with scripture, with the authority of scripture, not the authority of human beings. And that's a huge difference that we see here where they could have said, this is what God said and we're going to stand on what God says. No, Eve decided to stand on the undermining of God's word. She, she decided to take her own authority and say, nope, I'm not going to go with what God's word says. What God says, I'm going to do my own thing. And that's how we fell. And that's where the first sin entered the world. And so that is a very important point to, to consider in this chapter. But that's not the only point to consider in this chapter. There's more in this chapter. Immediately we see after the first sin, Eve ate the fruit and gave some to Adam. We see that they immediately had their eyes open, they saw that they were naked, and they tried to create coverings for themselves and hide their shame. Uh, but that doesn't work very well because God's able to see everything. He's omniscient, omnipresent. He is all-powerful. So he clearly was able to see through their uh, deception that they were trying to do and hiding. Uh, and so he confronts them with their sin, and we have a huge blame game uh, introduced. We love this as Christians and just human beings in general. We love to shift blame. We no never want to take the responsibility for anything. We like to blame everything on everyone else. So instead of Adam just saying that he had sinned and taking responsibility, he tried to shift it to his wife, Eve, and she tried to shift that to the serpent. And we have this whole blame game thing, but what does God do? He sends a curse on all parties involved. The serpent is cursed above all the livestock and has to crawl on its belly. And we see that there's going to be enmity um, and a whole uh, disconnect between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And that's going to play a huge role in scripture. And we're going to come back to that point. Uh, and then we see after that, we see the woman's uh, pains during childbearing are going to be uh, made severe. And there's going to be problems between the husband and the wife. And then we see that there's going to be problems in working the ground for Adam and that the whole ground, the whole creation was subjected to a curse. And we see that in the New Testament in the book of Romans. The Apostle Paul talks about that, how all of creation was subjected to this curse and, and how it's eagerly waiting for this to be uh, made new when Jesus comes back and makes all things new uh, and recreates a perfect world. So we see that all of creation instantly, in one moment, it was cursed and all of this was because of sin. Sin entered the world and everything became a mess. And that's what we see today. We, we look at the world and we see around us a whole broken world where things are just not right, where there's corruption, there's sin, there's evil, there's violence and wickedness and all kinds of things. Things aren't right and even in the creation world of the animals and all these things are not they're not perfect anymore because of our sin. God created a perfect world. He did not create this mess. We created the mess by sinning and deviating from his plan. That's an important thing for us as Christians to understand. The world is not broken because God doesn't care or anything like that. No, the world's broken because of us. 
There's an all-loving, all-knowing, all-powerful God who is going to make all things new one day. And he made things new and made things perfect once uh, in the past. And we, we messed that up. But one day he's going to finish everything and complete what Jesus did on the cross where he took things back on track, where he made things right, made a way for us to get back with God. And that is going to one day be consummated. So we are very excited to look forward to that. But we, right now, as we're in this passage, we see the result of sin. We see that the brokenness that came into the world and all these different things of thorns and thistles and all the, the childbearing and all the, the conflict between animals and humanity and between human beings even. And we're going to see that in the next uh, several chapters of how quickly human beings got off track. We see all of that comes back to Genesis chapter 3. And what we see here towards the end of it, we see that there's a plan. God has a plan. He makes coverings for uh, Adam and Eve, and he sacrifices the first animal, which is just a prelude to all the sacrifice that's going to have to be done on behalf of human beings' sin throughout the Old Testament. It's going to set the way and pave a path for Christ, our sacrificial lamb, in the New Testament. So all this here in Genesis chapter 3 is really important. It's a prelude to everything else that's going to come after it in the Bible. So it's really important that we look here and see these different things. And then we see at the end of this, we see that the Lord cast them out of the garden, out of this perfect garden where everything was great. They were just working in the garden, and it was a pleasure. It was Everything was perfect. We had the whole uh, subduing the earth mandate, the creation mandate, where we were given authority over the world on God's behalf as, as uh, representatives of God, where we were supposed to rule over the creation, over the animals and the plants, and everything was great. All of that was broken. We were sent forth from the garden because of our sin, and God blocked the way back in. So we see here in Genesis chapter 3, as a recap, we see that this is a really important chapter because it really shows us how... Christianity uh, gets its whole concept of where sin comes in because it's right here in Genesis chapter 3 and it shows us how we as human beings get off track so many times when we start to let things and people start to undermine God's authority. When things start to tempt us and lead us away from God, we need to quickly get back on track and say, what does God's word say? What does God himself say? Not what does man say? Not what does this look like? Is this tempting? Yes, there are things that are tempting in life. And, and as human beings, we have temptations of all kinds. And even Jesus was tempted in every way, yet he didn't sin. And that's the important thing. We do not have to give in to temptation. We don't have to make the same mistakes uh, that Adam and Eve made, that we make on a daily basis. We can stop giving into that sin and start relying on God's authority and God's word. So that's really the central theme in this chapter is sin coming into the world and corrupting everything. And our response to that needs to be to not give in to sin, to stand firmly on the word of God so that we will not fall into sin. Next time we're going to be talking about Genesis chapter 4, and we're going to continue to work our way through this starting from the beginning. I would encourage you to join us next time.